With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. Welcome to my show. This is Peggy Amanisi at Signs of Loved Ones Send Us. <clears throat> Tonight our show is a little different. Um, first off, I'm sick. <laughs> uh, my niece is out tonight also, who's my co-host, so I'm going to be winging it alone. <clears throat> um, offering the board to open up to callers at one three four seven eight three eight nine two zero one. People that have CF or people want to know about CF or um, have something to add about cystic fibrosis, the things that you deal with, and the money it costs to uh, keep you going, and uh, things that you need uh, if you had a transplant or if you're pre-transplant. The show's open to you guys. Um, <clears throat> like I said, I'm hoping to get through the whole two hours. I may get through a half an hour at this point uh, because I am uh, a bit sick. And uh, if I got to go, I got to go. And we'll have to reschedule this for October 7th. See, any time I have open between now and November. So anyhow, I'm going to give it my best shot. But um, the thing that sparked my interest, there was a lot of um, 
things going on this past week with uh, uh, a girl by the name of Kenneth Taylor who wanted to uh, have Luke Bryan uh, uh, tweet her, which he finally did. And I've heard rumors, I don't know how true, that he sent her flowers. And I know he tweeted her a second time. And I also heard rumors, I think he played at Madison Square Garden over the weekend, which is maybe about 35 miles from me. And I got word out to some people that I know, and I heard he sang a song to her, but I've yet to see concrete proof on that one. I also want to bring up another fellow, Brent. Uh, Brent is in need of a liver transplant. As you all know, I'm sure that I had two children, Meg and Mark, um, that passed in 2002 and 2011, both the cystic fibrosis. And Mark uh, needed both both lungs and liver. Meg didn't have the liver issues, so this is a, another thing close to my heart. And there's a uh, fund for Brent to help his parents with expenses because you got they're very strict rules when you get a transplant. Um, you, know, you got to meet certain criteria, and you have to the parents are going to have to be by his side for weeks, months in another state. I don't even know. I think they're going to a different state at the Boston the Children's Hospital, I'm sure, for the transplant. So he's on the list now, and they could go at any time. They need money to eat, and they need money to for lodging, and because they have to meet their regular bills so they don't lose their home. I know all this. I've been there, done that. I put myself in seventy thousand dollars of debt, which I'm still trying to pay off. <laughs> Can't pay it all. But uh, I had two children with this illness, and it was a tough times. So I uh, want to make people aware of the expense of uh, cystic fibrosis. Um, there's also uh, another boy out there that I uh, we granted a wish, um, Denise, uh, when she had Willie's Wish Foundation. And I helped from our end, sending him cards for his 21st birthday. And he got to go to a red... Uh, I think it was a Red Wings game. I always mix the Red Sox and Red Wings up. Sorry, I'm not a big sports fan. But anyhow, he did go to the game, and he got a ball from somebody in my family signed by um, uh, one of the uh, members of the Red uh, Bulls or whatever it was, because I screwed up. And uh, he got thousands of cards from all around his world for his 21st birthday. But I got word yesterday, Chad's not doing too well. He's in the hospital and critical care unit. I heard from his mother. He decided he's 21. He turned 21 back in January, if I recall, and he had decided against the transplant. So he's letting nature take its course, um, just like, uh, you know, Kenna. Um, I don't know what her circumstances are as far as, you know, getting transplanted, but some decide not to do it and just let uh, put it in God's hands. So uh, my prayers to all of them tonight. Uh, Brent, to get his liver. Kenna and Chad, my heart goes out to you guys. Um, whatever I can do, I'll do. You know, um, I just wish you the best. So, anyhow, the thing that sparked my interest um, the other day, you know, besides everything else, uh, you know, cystic has always been a big piece of my life since the 70s, since my daughter was diagnosed in 76. Um Anyhow, I always did a lot of fundraising and appeared on Regis and Kathy Lee years ago with my daughter as a guest. I did the first door-to-door campaign in 1976. Nobody knew what cystic fibrosis was, you know. And I figured the Lord gave me a big mouth, just like I got the show, so use it for, for a good purpose, okay? I joke about it, but seriously, I my heart is for anybody that goes through stuff, especially, you know, of course, my show is mostly about the loss of children. I help people through grief and when others really don't get it. And, um, I want to say hello to a friend, Bob, who lost his daughter to another thing in, in, in um, May. He's having a pretty rough time right now. And, 
you know, people offer advice. And, and, you know, if you haven't, I just want to go off cystic a little bit for one second. If you haven't lost a child, it's a total different kind of grief. You know, the best thing you can do, I did a show, I think my third show back in February, and I had a little technical problems. But I did a show about what to say and what not to say to bereaved parents. Um, say, I'm sorry. You know, don't offer advice. Go see a shrink, isn't that? You know, it doesn't change it. I've been there twice, okay? I know your intentions are good telling people to do this and do that. But if you haven't lost a child, you really don't know what you're talking about. It's not like losing a parent did that. Not like losing a husband or wife. I've done that. Not like you losing a sibling. I've lost two. I've lost two children, you know? And it's the worst. It's a different type of grief and uh you don't get over it. you got to go through the emotions and my suggestion for that also is to um join some of the parents groups sorry on facebook here they they help me you know because you see you're not alone with people walking away from me and don't want to know you because you're a constant reminder it can happen to them so they're in fear you know so but anyhow we're getting off the subject a little bit but i want to talk about um this fellow that i i saw his video his name is morgan let me get his, his name right for you guys, okay? Uh, hold on one second, please. He did a video uh, about cystic fibrosis and what it's like. Okay, his name is... Hold on, please. I'm going to try to find his uh, his video here. Bear with me one second. Sorry, a little technical difficulties. You know, a little blonde moment here. But uh, I'm going to play what he had to say about cystic fibrosis. It kind of in a... Oh, his name is Morgan Grin... G-R-I-N-D, staff, S-T-A-F-F. He has cystic fibrosis. And this is what he's got to say about it. And it's hardcore. Let me tell you guys. Listen to it. But it's all true. All true. Okay, this is called What is Cystic Fibrosis? It's a spoken word piece by Morgan Grinstaff. All right. Hold on. I've got to go to YouTube to play it, so... I walk for Caleb. I walk for Lee. I walk for Discovery. We walk so come Okay, here we go. What is the fibrosis by Morgan Trinstep? So the other day I was walking through this department store. I passed by the perfume section and a scent that went by the name Delicious caused my respiratory system to go into seizures. See, when you have a chronic illness, especially a chronic illness of the lungs, any little thing can send you into a coughing spasm. The littlest thing can immediately make your lungs tickle and flutter like a litter of kittens or having an orgy inside your chest. <coughs> Also, a coughing spasm with cystic fibrosis sounds similar to an 80-year-old smoker with the swine flu mating with a rabid growling lion. Once it had stopped and I came to the conclusion that I wasn't dying, I glanced to my left and see a lady looking at me as if I had spat the black plague out of my chest and infected everyone. I then proceeded to tell her, oh, it's not contagious. I have cystic fibrosis. It's a lung condition. To which she cuts me off and responds, oh, I had a cousin who had a friend who had a nephew who had a dog who had an owner who had a cat who had a cousin that had something like that. It's like asthma, right? Well, my great-great-grandpappy said all you have to do is grind up some ginger root and the teeth of a saber-toothed tiger and snort a few lines and you'll be good as new. My brain immediately begins scouring every sentence of the Wikipedia page on the definition of cystic fibrosis. I start to open my mouth to speak cocked and ready to release an atomic bomb of knowledge on this lady that will probably make her head spontaneously combust. As I started to talk, my voice cut off. I was about to go over the usual information about CF to this lady as I had done numerous times to countless people. See, 
it's easy to explain to someone the physical and medical side of having a chronic illness, to rattle off every fact from every website you know. <clears throat> but I stopped because I thought to myself, what if I actually told her what cystic fibrosis was? Not the medical aspects, not the stats and statistics from a Wikipedia page. What if I told her that cystic fibrosis is hearing other kids talk about how they wanted to be firemen or police officers when they grow up as a child, when all you can think about is hoping you get the chance to grow up? What if I told her that CF is trying to make the dialogue between your action figures louder than the sobs you hear coming from your mother in the next room over the fear that she may have to bury her child? What if I told her that cystic fibrosis is being a letdown to your father because you were sick and couldn't be the hardworking man that he always imagined his son to be? <clears throat> if I told her that the age of survival for someone with CF is 41 years old, but I've had to say goodbye to more brothers and sisters under 25 than I can count. And by brothers and sisters, I do not mean by blood. I mean my brothers and sisters in arms who every day fight to take a breath. What if I told her that CF was looking some of those brothers and sisters in the eyes while they're laying in a hospital bed and telling them, just keep fighting. You got this. You'll be fine. When in my heart, I know they'll be gone soon. What if I told her that CF was finding the bottom of a Jack Daniels bottle and talking to the ashes I keep around my neck because it's the closest I'll ever get to talking to my brother again? <clears throat> That I've lost more people I love to this disease by my age of 24 than most people will lose in four lifetimes. That it's keeping the shades pulled, and when you finally think you have the strength to open them and see the sunrise, crying your eyes out again because you realize that so many people will never get to see something so beautiful again. That it's depression. That it's like being suicidal. Your lungs the gun that never really have the balls to pull the damn trigger. That cystic fibrosis is an atheist falling to their knees and praying to a god to please not take another one of your friends. <clears throat> To having to receive government assistance because some days you can't muster the strength to get out of bed to hold a job makes you less than a cockroach and worthless in the eyes of society. That cystic fibrosis is people telling you how lucky you are that you get to stay home while they bitch about the Mondays when they better thank God that they get to bitch about the Mondays. That it's not being able to hold a steady relationship because you've been burned too many times. That you've heard, I just can't deal with this so many times you've given up. That you don't blame them because no one wants to watch someone else die. But you pray someone will stick it out because God damn, what's a truer version of love than loving someone enough to watch them die? That it's countless doctor visits, surgeries, needles, procedures, nurses, pills, breathing treatments, tears, goodbyes, heartache. That it's pain and that it hurts. But... There's two sides to every coin. Cystic fibrosis is also love. It's waking up every morning and appreciating those damn noisy birds outside your window because they're alive and so are you. It's firsthand witnessing unconditional love for a woman who has not only been a mother, but a father and a nurse and a friend and a rock. It's never taking anything for granted because you know how quickly it can be stripped away. <clears throat> It's growing up in a largely prejudiced, homophobic family, but realizing at a young age that all those people are morons because inside the four walls of a hospital, it doesn't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what gender you love. All that matters is connecting to another human being who knows what it's like to lay in a hospital bed for weeks at a time. Wonder if you'll leave through the entrance or through the morgue. It's your friend staying with you in the hospital until 12 a.m. on your birthday, so you don't have to be alone and covering the walls in Star Wars party decorations. 
It's a humorous welcome back sign on your hospital door from nurses that have became your family. It's knowing the difference between being alive and merely existing. I looked at that lady and flashed a smile, and I just walked away. Now, there you have it from somebody who has cystic fibrosis, and Morgan's still with us. And uh, I talked to him on Facebook yesterday, gave me permission to play this, and he's going to be coming on the show. He has prior commitments tonight, so we will do more shows about CF. And uh cause very close to my heart, and I'm teary-eyed because uh, as he was talking, I was living it again, you know? Um, you know, I kid around about things on the show at times, and uh, we talk about grief and, you know... Uh, everything, everything. But, you know, in my heart of hearts, CF, CF is a tough illness. It's one of the toughest ones, the number one genetic killer of kids. I'm going to read to you some about what CF is, okay? I don't see any cause, so I guess uh, a lot of you are listening just over the Internet or Skype or what have you. So uh, you can always go back to the archives to hear the show. So I'm going to read to you what it is from... Wikipedia type of stuff. He told it like it really is. I mean, it's not something you learn in a textbook. This is what he's living, my Megan Mark lived with. I lived with watching it. Um, they also had a cousin that died at a year old in 1972, too. That uh, I never mentioned, I guess, on the show. My husband's uh, uncle's daughter died at one years old with it. And uh, we didn't know what it really was then. And it, that it could happen again, but uh, I'm going to give you some statistics on cystic fibrosis, and please call in with some of your stories if you can, okay? Let the world hear what cystic fibrosis is real life, the, the unplugged version, okay? Okay, what are some cystic fibrosis statistics? CF is a genetic life-threatening disorder. Historically, people with cystic fibrosis did not live past their teen years in the 50s and 60s. Most children with cystic fibrosis did not live past preschool age, Moreover, not so long ago in the 1980s, people with CF had an average life expectancy of sorry expectancy of 14 years. With modern technology and treatment, however, people with this condition can live well into their later adulthood, even though a lot don't. Mine died at 22 and 28. Um, anyhow, um, some statistics, however, from the Mayo Clinic report a much more conservative life expectancy estimate of 35 years. In any event, the life expectancy of people with CF is gradually increasing. Approximately 90% of infants born with CF will live past a year. Currently, the forecasted life expectancy of babies born today is 40, but you can't always go by that. Infants who have normal pancreas function, however, are expected to live past 50. My children had the pancreatic involvement also. Um, cystic fibrosis is more co common in Caucasians of Northern European descent. In the U.S., approximately 30,000 people are diagnosed with cystic fibrosis, with 1,000 new cases each year. The condition occurs in one out of 3,000 live births in North America. Cystic fibrosis is slightly more common in the U.K., with the condition occurring in 1 in 2,400 live births. Back in my day, it was mostly Italian and Germans' uh, descent that, that were the carriers, and I'll explain that in a minute. About 25% of the population are carriers for cystic fibrosis. Cystic fibrosis is generally diagnosed early in life. Approximately 80% of people are diagnosed by age 3, and approximately 10% are diagnosed by 18. The frequency of cystic fibrosis diagnosis, however, does, doesn't, does depend on its availability of health care services. 
In Canada, a country with centralized health care, 90% of patients are diagnosed by age 10. Well, that's hearing it from statistic-wise, um, not like we heard from Morgan, which was real-life-wise, you know. Um, also, I just want to say how it works. Um, at the time when my daughter was diagnosed, she was born in 73, and diagnosed right before her third birthday in 76, I learned that uh, my husband and I were both carriers. That's how they get the disease. One in tw- At the statistics back then, one in 20 German, Italians, white, Caucasian, you know, white, white people carry the gene. Uh, Tay-Sachs uh, the, did the same. One in 20 carry the gene in the, the Jewish population for Tay-Sachs. Sickle cell is mostly Afro-Americans, one in 20. But for a child to get cystic fibrosis, um, both parents have to be carriers. We don't have the disease. We just carry the trait. And there was a chance, one in four chance, that each child that my husband and I had together would get CF. We had four children together, two got it, my oldest and only daughter, Meg, and my youngest son, Mark. My two middle boys, Don and Dan, didn't get it. Back then, there was no test for it as far as uh, seeing if you were a carrier or not. So you just found out you were a carrier by uh, the diagnosis. And uh, we're told, you know, you could have more children with it. Uh, Well, my other children had to be tested, and uh, they were fine. And at that point in time, they did not even have the carrier test. So I didn't know whether my two other children are carriers, okay? <clears throat> my daughter also lived long enough. She had two children, natural children, and um, they don't have the disease, thank God, but they, because of her having it, are definite carriers. So this can continue on in my family. If they happen to have children with another carrier, they could also have children with cystic fibrosis. So that's another reason I continue my fight, because this is generation now and keep going on and on like the Energizer Buddy. Uh, I know of other people in my family that are now carriers, um, siblings, because their children have been um, tested for the disease and now the carrier trait, and some of them do carry the carrier trait. No other in the family, uh, except my two, um, and Janine, my husband's uncle's daughter, had the actual disease. So anyhow, that's the statistics on it. Now I'm going to read some of the symptoms of CF, if you can hold on a second. All right, bear with me a second. Um, first of all, the test for it's a very simple test. It's called the sweat test. Um, you go to a CF hospital here in, I'm in Westchester County, New York, 30 miles north of New York City, and uh, the Westchester County Medical Center, I guess they'd call it now, um, is a place where you can get tested for it, or Presbyterian, Columbia Presbyterian, where I ended up taking my son. Um, any of these big uh, university hospitals test it. It's a simple test. They put you in a room. In a suit, they heat up the room, they make you sweat. And I just want to say that people with cystic fibrosis, people are misled thinking they sweat more than other people. And that's not true. They sweat like you or me. They just because it's a, a biochemically uh, biochemical issue, they lose more of their salt um, than the average person. And that's actually the test for cystic fibrosis. Also, sometimes they can be diagnosed at birth by a thing called, and I may say it wrong, meocolon ileus, when the, something gets stuck there and they can't pass the bowel after birth and what have you and pass the toxins in the body. That's usually a sign of CF also, um, and then they get tested the sweat test. But I am going to read you some of the other things, signs to look for, um, you know, and, and will alert you if... Uh, you know, you may have CF or not, okay? So bear with me. Um, 
hold on one second. Okay, I went to the wrong site. Hold on, sorry. Okay. Well, some of the other things is, um, I can tell you offhand, it's uh, failure to thrive. Because of um, CF affects not only the lungs, it affects the digestive system. And people with cystic fibrosis do not absorb fats because they can't break them down. So they have to take enzymes every time they eat to absorb the fats to gain weight. And usually they can gain weight once put on that. I even had nursed my son, Mark, until he was 14 months and used to have to open the capsules up, put them on his tongue, even with nursing to help him gain weight. And then after I stopped nursing at 14 months, he had to go on a, a progestamil, which is a pre-digested formula along with the enzymes to gain weight. Uh, they have to eat three times the normal amount of food that normal people eat. And they still stay thin, most of them, um, because uh, it's just how it goes, you know. Uh, constant cough. I mean, we all get colds. We all have coughs at times and what have you. They cough continuously. And we don't discourage them because they need to keep those lungs clear of that thick mucus that comes up uh, that clogs the lungs and eventually calls a thing called bron bronchitis. Not bronchitis, bronchitis. I may be saying that a little wrong, but I think it's what it's called, bronchitis. And uh, that destroys the lungs, which eventually they need a transplant because the lungs, uh, they end up with the lungs of a smoker. And they end up sometimes, like my son, with the liver of an alcoholic. He, uh, the liver did my son in at the end. I mean, his whole system was breaking down, but the liver is what killed him three years ago. Uh, what else? Um, the failure to thrive, uh, the excess salt, they need to. To, um, once diagnosed besides enzymes, to take salt pills many times, they get dehydrated easily. Um, you know, I mean, they, they're encouraged to exercise and do things like everybody else because that actually keeps the lungs clearer. And, but in the heat, they can just collapse very easily, like anybody from dehydration, but then more so because that sweat test I talk about on a scale, when they measure the sweat of the concentration of salt that comes out, Normal for a normal person like you or me, even though I'm a carrier, would be like 20 to 50. Anything of above 50 to 70 is suspicious of cystic fibrosis. Anything above 70, they have it uh, on the test. And so they lose a heck of a lot more salt than you and I do, so they can really, really get dehydrated very easily. Um, they also don't absorb the vitamins. They take millions, high mega doses of uh, special vitamins for cystic fibrosis. They have to, uh, if you and I get a cold, we get rid of it. I have hard times myself. I have MS, so I have some issues myself with the lungs and other things, but uh, like any chronic disease. But with cystic fibrosis, they uh, a cold can kill them. Uh, they get it. They usually end up on IVs in the hospital for weeks at a time because they have to control the infections, and each time there's a little more scarring. You know, they'll, they'll get over it. In the beginning, but then they start getting crazy. These these bugs they turn into a thing called pseudomonas, and 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 I'm sure you all heard of MRSA and and um, things of that sort. These major major killer bugs. Well, that's what happens with them. And antibiotics after a while stop working, you know, and uh, so they have to keep keep coming up with more and more kinds of it. And uh, my son also got uh, uh, besides the um, which I'm going to call it the bacterial infections, he would get funguses in his lungs that you and I, you know, a lot of us can just like get rid of this stuff even without antibiotics at times, but they can't. It's impossible. So
so it's it's a constant struggle. Uh, you know, I, I wrote a poem this week about cystic fibrosis. A friend of mine contacted me the other day, a neighbor, and grew up with him. He's a music a songwriter, and uh, he said after seeing Morgan's video, he couldn't get get it out of his head and felt there should be a song made about it. So we're supposed to be talking uh, sometime this week and what have you. So, um, but to to help others understand this better, you know that that this is such a major major illness, and so many people are affected by it. And 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 one of the things I put in my poem was the fact that you know most people I can't say me because I do have MS and I struggle every day getting up, but uh, uh, most people can jump out of the bed five minutes before they gotta do something and just run out the door. Not CF. Sorry, doesn't happen that way. They get up in the morning. They have to, if they're not, even if they're not on their IVs or have ports or pick lines in, they get up every morning and they have to start their day with their enzymes, like I said, to, to eat. And then nebulizing treatments, just not albuterol. Like, you know, I have asthma and lung issues from the MS. I can just do the albuterol. They have to do albuterol. They have to do a thing called pomazine. That um, helps break down the mucus, and then they have to do another inhalation of either topramycin or some of the other new drugs they've come out with. Um, even since my son died three years ago, there's more and more all the time. But it's one inhalation after another, the pills, the vitamins. They take hundreds of pills a day, so they can't just get up and run out the door. My son was a race car driver. My daughter did too. She drove race cars. And... Um, he was really into it, you know. Um, when she had her family, she couldn't do as much, but he was known at English Town Raceway, New Jersey. And this poor kid would go with pick lines and 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 a port in his chest, and have to carry his IVs in his pocket and go race his car. He didn't have to, but that's what kept him going, you know. He was Mark Mark the Honda kid, you know, L and R racer. And uh, they actually, the year he died in August, dedicated. Uh, I think it was August fourteenth, nineteen uh, two thousand eleven. Uh, Mark Anisi Honda Day at, at, at uh, it was quite an honor, and the night <clears throat> he had passed, I came home from the city that day. I was exhausted, it was horrible, and I think it was the next night. All of a sudden, cars from all over the East Coast here, racing buddies, lined up at my house with candles in their race cars. I mean, it was something like you've never seen before, and in honor of this kid, this kid who was like a warrior. He was a he was great at what he did with the cars, but he was also, he was a tough guy at times, <laughs> 96 pounds soak and went, but he was tough, you know, he had to stay strong and, uh, you know, sometimes a little false bravado with him, but he, he, he had, he showed, I think, people, he represented something that, look what I'm going through, you know, like Morgan said in that video, take some time to, you know, stop and smell the flowers, you know, um, really, I mean, <laughs> We we sometimes don't appreciate what we do have, and you look at somebody like Mark and my daughter Meg, and you know I can remember her carrying bags of laundry on, and plus carrying portable oxygen to go dry her clothes at the laundromat because she had two kids and things that you and I would take for granted. These kids had to do under the worst circumstances. So my God, I mean, we need to find the cure for this disease, man. You know, it's it's getting ridiculous. I thought by the time my daughter was diagnosed that the cure would be here. and My daughter would have been 41 September 1st, and we still don't have the cure. I mean, life expectancy is longer than it used to be, and um, which is good, you know, but it's a daily struggle. And, you know, we've been um, following, uh, you know, uh, 
Brent uh, with the liver transplant and, and Kenna and people wishing well wishes and what have you, what have you. But, you know, um, we hope for the best. But once hospice is involved, it's, it's the beginning of the end unless you're going to get the transplant. And she's on it, you know. I mean, we're saying prayers and miracles happen every day. and But unfortunately, the miracles with CF don't really, really happen. I mean, you know, it's it sucks. CF sucks, you know. In plain English, it sucks. And I don't know what else to say. Like I said, I don't see anybody calling in and wanting to add to the show tonight. And uh, But I'm also going to play, um, you know, I have a song here also by a woman that uh, lost two brothers to cystic fibrosis. Uh, I think I'm going to play the song. I'm going to give me a little bit of breather um, because I'm, I am not feeling well. So um, this was written by, uh, I'll get you her name, Tammy Cochran. And this is about her two brothers that passed this cystic fibrosis. And this is what she wrote. And I'm going to let you hear her a little bit of a documentary. Okay, hold on a second. Halo, did you do that? Just bear with me. I just got to get over the air. There's lessons around here. Here are the listings for dog obedience training. Actually, I'm going to play another video of her because I want you to hear her. Oops, hold on a second. I'm sorry. She actually, if um, she she talks on one of them, and I want you to hear that one. Okay, bear with me. I hope this is the one. Oh, you? Sorry about that. Technical difficulties, but we're live. It happens. All right, let's try this. I don't know if you can, um, bear with me. Sorry. One more second, please. Oh, boy, what a night here, huh? <laughs> okay. Well, hopefully this is the one where she talks a little bit. If not, then, uh, we'll just hear the song. Angels Waiting for Wings. We camped out on the living room floor in our old sleeping bags by make believe fire. Sometimes the body is weaker than the soul. And their darkest 
that again was uh, Tammy Cochran. She's a country singer. Lost two brothers, Alan and Sean. One in 1980. Uh, Sean and Alan in 1991. <clears throat> Both were very young. And uh, these were her two brothers. And it's a song she wrote for uh, Cystic Fibrosis. Very apropos. They are angels waiting for wings like we all are. But sooner, you know. So anyhow... Um, like I said, please call in um, if you can. If you're listening to this over the internet, um, the call in number is 347, that one first, 347 838 9201. And if you want to speak to us, uh, you hit the number one. I'll bring you into my uh, my show queue where I know that you want to talk to us. Um, I see some people in the chat room, um, one or two, whatever here. So call in, call in and talk to us, tell us your story if you have CF or know somebody with CF or want to know any questions, I mean, or ask questions um, about cystic fibrosis. Okay, so uh, what else can I tell you about CF? Um, it really is a tough illness and, it, you know, it's, it's uh, financially, it wipes families out. It did it to me. Uh, I had to, uh, I can only talk and it's just not talk about Peggy's show, but, and, hold on a second, I tell you, tell you these things, because um, I had, uh, I had my own home care business for the elderly for years, and because of my MS and a couple of things, I, after 20-some years, I had to give it up, and went back to school for other things, uh, I became an insurance agent um, for, for a big insurance company, and you're in good hands, <laughs> And because after going to school and working my tail off for that, uh worked at it a couple months after I graduated and my daughter started getting sick and I couldn't keep a job. I uh tried. I worked for a pharmaceutical um part of Merck, uh, in the health and human nutrition for a while. Same thing. You can't keep taking off from these super powerful jobs and expect to keep your job, so this is what some of us parents go through. We lose work, we lose jobs, besides losing sleep, lose our minds. Um, there's a lot involved in it. A lot involved with uh, having a, a chronic legal kid, period. You know, um, we don't, uh, there's a lot of programs or the things that they do now that they give parents time off and whatever. I didn't have that with my kids. My uh, my daughter was 28, died on Mother's Day 2002. And she was, uh, you know, had two children and a family and uh, their father and he worked and what have you, you know, about uh, the children of the father, Steve. And uh, she did what she could. I mean, she had a babysit. She did what she could, work, worked around her illness, you know. But it's tough. I mean, you know, like uh, uh, Morgan's portrayal of what it's really like to have CF, you know. Some of them, you know, are able to go to college and further their careers. But, you know, a lot can't. You know, they're too sick and... The other thing that the government don't want them, you know, medical insurance. This disease can go into the millions every year. And the last year of my son's life was probably probably close to two million. Um, I had insurance. Uh, we had another thing happen nine months prior to my son's death. My husband, uh, we were separated for years, but I ended up taking care of him too. He was dying, Agent Orange-related uh, diabetes from his tour in Vietnam. Got it, you know, and. Ended up killing him nine months before our son. So when he died, um, in order to continue with the health insurance, um, I had to dish out $4,389 every three months for that, just that. Plus, my son was on Medicare because he finally was allowed to get disability. 
and that was another hundred and something per month. And uh, I was, I'm disabled myself. I, I had to retire from everything, and I was just on my disability and trying to make ends meet with this disease and caring for him and his father dying at the same time. Was, and, and I was a sick person caring for sick people and not trying to get the violin out, but it was tough and uh, real tough. And, you know, I got a lot of people saying, well, can't you get Medicaid? Get, yeah, well, you, got, you know, when you got to get a transplant, you got to pull out all the plugs. It costs a lot of money. And I'm not just talking money for the insurance, which was astronomical. Eventually, things worked out, and, uh, um, and then Mark passed. Unfortunately, it wasn't working out that way. But uh, So it was after his father dying, nine months of a struggle, an additional struggle. On bad enough, you know, losing both of them, but uh, it was a struggle financially more so than ever, thinking, oh, my God, how's this kid ever going to use transplants, and I'm not going to have insurance, and blah, 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 and sometimes you fall into even maybe on disability in a category where you can't get the extra help because you make a dollar a month over. So that's why people would come, you know, and make their sarcastic right. Well, don't you get Medicaid? Don't you do this? You have no clue what the hell it's all about, really. You don't. You have no clue. No clue. You know, you're either totally poor or totally rich. The middle guy, sometimes it just doesn't happen for you, you know. Things don't work out. So that's another thing, the financial struggle. And like I said, during the transplants, they're very, very, very strict. Uh, you have to go to classes, pre-transplant. Uh, Mark, neither one of my children got them. Meg hadn't been listed yet. Mark was getting close to being listed, and he kept getting so sick where... His intestines were shutting down, so it, they they looked at me one day and said, we can't do any of it. We can't replace everything. That's where it got to with him. So, and I know the rules, and I know how hard it is, and I know the money involved. And the illness itself, I've shared this on, I think, on the show. And also, you know, I'm an author of a bestseller, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hog. It's my life story and outline. I've got more books coming out. It's not just about the signs my loved ones sent us, because they do. You know, but, you know, it's about our human side, what we went through and, 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 and the money. Um, I had to go to the city with my son, and we were there weeks, sometimes months at a time. And I had to park my car, which I paid one less than $1,000 for. Well, one of the times when he uh, went to come home, I went to go get my car out of the parking garage in New York City, and it would cost more than my car. So thank God somebody stepped in a, a foundation and helped me because I would have lost my car. I would have had no car. You know, these are some of the expenses that incur. Uh, while you're at the hospitals with the kids, uh, you got to eat. You know, they don't serve you. Parents, you know, I mean, I most of the time stay with him. You know, at the end, uh, sometimes I was getting really sick myself with my MS, and I couldn't stay all the time. It was very hard. And I couldn't, you know, because of germs or whatever, we'd pass things back and forth, being that we both had a chronic illness. And uh, But, the, you know, there, there were times, uh, you know, food-wise... Uh, you got to eat. They don't feed you when you're at the hospital, when you're staying with your kid. A lot of these hospitals, like Presbyterian, and, and um, which is the Morgan Stanley Children's Hospital, and then he eventually went to Melstein, the adult hospital, because he was 22 when he died. But Westchester County Medical Center, they have the Maria Ferrari uh, Children's Hospital there. They make accommodations for you to stay, and you don't eat. They don't feed you. You know, in New York, once in a while, they come with food coupons or something for me, you know. But I had to eat, and sometimes I would eat the scraps off the tray. This is real. I'm not kidding. Yeah, I'm a big woman, you know. She says, oh, well, you had to eat. Yeah, I had to eat, and there was times I didn't eat, and I was hungry and trying to care for a sick child. So these are some of the things that we raise money for.
Okay, so it's a lot more involved than you think, you know. They don't care, you know, um, medical is money-making business people, you know. They don't care if you, you have to park your car and you don't have the money to park it. And what am I supposed to do, you know? I had to bring them to the hospital. And they don't care if you're going to eat because they don't provide the food for you, you know? I even went through a bit uh, years ago, back in the 80s, I took my daughter out to Boston Children's Hospital because I was doing, well, some research myself um, because I worked not only with home care with, with elderly, but I was also a representative of the Cystic Fibrosis Foundation, volunteer work. I didn't, you know, wasn't a paid job, but I worked real hard at it. So when I took her out to Children's Hospital with me, and they, they actually did put me up for $14 a night at a place called the Gardner House, across the nursing headquarters, and she stayed with me. And I actually got to meet Harry Schwachman, who was the actual doctor. And I spent time with him in the, in, in the clinic and what have you. He was quite old then. But he was actually the doctor that discovered cystic fibrosis as a disease. He was a lovely, lovely man. Loved Harry. And we had we even had dinner and lunch together and what have you. And we talked about everything. And that got to meet some of the other patients at Children's Hospital. And uh, I just want to say something too. This one little boy, Joey, stuck out in my mind. He not only had uh, cystic fibrosis, he had Down syndrome. What a sweetheart. So just because you have CF doesn't mean you can't you can also get Down syndrome. You can have, be, have it with Down syndrome. You can have it with cancer. You can have CF and get cancer too. Um, so there's a lot more things involved than people realize, you know, um, they're not immune to other diseases also. So, um, you know, that's about it. Um, and like I said, I don't see any callers, so I, I see that people are listening through the internet. Um, was hoping somebody, you know, people would call in. Um, it's kind of hard. Like I said, I'm, I'm into the weather. I've had a stomach thing. Uh, I don't know whether KFC food poisoning or what, but I, it's what I was getting sick on. So I stayed in bed most of the day to do the show, and uh, still not feeling that great myself. Chills are gone, you know, and something's a little better, so I don't mean to talk about me. But but uh, like I said, I was hoping, and Melissa's out tonight, so I was hoping there'd be some calls to discuss things. So we may end up cutting the short, show, yeah, I'm sorry, the show a little short. Um, like I said, we will do more shows about CF. Uh, we're already about an hour into the show. Um and, um, you know, what can I tell you? Uh, I think you need to um, understand these diseases. Um, you know, genetic diseases. People go, well, what are what is a genetic disease? You know, even nursing school and what have you way back when, um, when I went through a program that I went through, um, they didn't teach you about genetics. You know, even doctors, when my daughter was diagnosed, um, if you read my book, it's on Amazon, you get the Kindle too. Rainbows, butterflies, and one last hug. The doctor, my daughter's doctor, called me a drama queen. I went to her. I said, "There's something wrong." And she, I hear I was, you know, six days of twenty, shy of twenty when I had her. Something wasn't right. The greasy, her, her bowel movements. I took care of a lot of kids over the years, and I was one of six kids. So, but the the bowel movements were ungodly. I would change her diaper, and you could smell it all. I lived in a three family apartment house, and people were like, "Oh my God, what's the smell?" <laughs> I kept an immaculate apartment, so it wasn't that. It, I didn't understand why her her bowels smelled that way. It was the undigested food. It was disgusting. Um, there were so many things, and I was telling my pediatrician, and I wrote about it in my book, and like you know everything. Oh, she's got allergies. She's got this. She's got that. And it's only by the grace of God that I picked up uh, a doctor Doctor Spock baby book and. 
And I know God led me to the part. I went right to the part, cystic fibrosis. I never heard of it before. And I read it, and I turned to my husband, and I said that because she did taste salty. And when I kissed her, my mother would have six kids. She goes, why is she so salty? I, I didn't know. It was my first kid. I just thought maybe she's, I had her wrapped up, heated her up too much, you know, or whatever. I didn't know. And uh, so I saw, saw it. Salty taste of the skin, foul-smelling bowel movements. So I called my pediatrician. I said, could you please have her tested for cystic fibrosis? She goes, Mrs. Anisi, you are such a, she really is, she goes, you are such a drama queen. What makes you think that? I said, do me a favor, just have the test done. I'm, what I've been telling you all along, humor me then. Have the test done, please. So I had to have her set it up. Well, Meg went for the test and she was, I told you anything over 70 is conclusive. She was 108. She was off the hook as far as assault, losing assault. Well, I called her from the medical center, and she canceled all her patients, and she was so sorry. And when I got there, oh, Miss Denise, I'm so sorry. You know, this is a death sentence, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, well, you know what? You wasted three years of her life, too, where she could have been diagnosed earlier by thinking I'm a drama queen, you know? That's the way I felt, like the hell with you, lady, you know? Um, if you feel that something's wrong with your kid and you have a gut about it, pursue it, Okay. The, the earlier these kids get diagnosed, the better they do. Um, they they go through episodes. I mean, the treatments are so very important. You know, and when they become teens, I'm going to tell you, especially my son, he was a rip. He drove me nuts. I mean, I love the kid to death. I miss him to death, you know, but he was he was, he was hard at times. He was hard, hard at times. He was a comedian, but he was hard. He would sometimes not want to do the try. I don't want to do this stuff. And I'm sick of it. Yeah, yeah, I did it, and I'd find it under his bed that he didn't do it, you know. And they, they're they're just being a regular teenager. But I think the earlier they're diagnosed, and he was diagnosed at five days old, you know. So, but still, you can't always go by that. But um, the more they get used to their treatments, um, the more they'll continue to do it, and they live longer. Um, but they do go through those teen years where they just don't want to do it, you know, so it is what it is. They're normal. I mean, they want to be just like their friends. And I remember both of them trying pot and whatever. And I was like, when I found out my daughter tried it, I went to her doctor and she was like 16 or something. I said, oh, my God, I found out she was smoking pot, blah, blah, blah. And here she was the the uh, poster child for years for cystic fibrosis. And the doctor laughed at me. He goes. They're, they just want to be normal. They're going to do everything other teenagers do. I mean, of course, she, they didn't continue doing stuff, you know, but they, they they cry just like every other kid does, you know, and not as every kid. You know, I was a goody two-shoes that way. I wasn't a, a druggie, you know, when I was a kid, but uh, I drank. <laughs> but uh, so anyhow, uh, you know, I bear my soul in the show and I, I – I try to help others to learn about these things and, and the difficulty in it. And hopefully once the word gets out, more and more will be diagnosed earlier. Uh, more funding will be available because people said, oh, well, I donate to the CF Foundation. That's fine. That's wonderful. That's We need the cure. But none of that money goes directly to the parents. That's 100% goes, well, 100%. I don't know how much the office costs are next. I used to work for them. But I know as a fact um, – they don't help individuals with cystic fibrosis. Things like I have, the CF uh, Wish Foundation, um, make wish come true. I count on contributions. I mean, we, we haven't done a lot of things for people because we don't get the money coming in. 
we do what we can, you know. Um, unfortunately, my kids, fortunately, I should say, both got their wishes granted when they were teenagers from Make-A-Wish. But they have new guidelines, and they wait till these kids are almost dead before granting a wish, and they can't enjoy them. My foundation, CF Wishes in memory of my kids, Megan Marcus uh, and Easy, uh, grants these wishes at any time of life. Even if you're an adult with CF, we, if we can, you know, if the funds aren't there, they're not there. I, I give it my best shot. You know, like the other night, trying to get uh, Luke, uh, Luke to uh, <laughs> come to see Kenna. Um, she did the tweet thing herself. I can't take, um, you know, applause for that, or I didn't had, had nothing to do with the original tweet. But when I saw the story of maybe he could see her, maybe he could do something, you know, these are kind of the things I like to try to do to help people. I like to make their lives a little brighter. So, but I need your help. You know, we need to help each other. We need to understand this illness. We need to to know the needs of these people and to continue on helping and uh, doing the best we can. You know, so I like I said, you can go to my Facebook page. I have quite a few pages and see my CF Wish. Um, foundation you know if we can help you we'll try you know we have to make lots of calls we i don't have i'm not a rich woman so it's not like i can take money out of my pocket and say here go do this i would love to i've had people want cars and this yeah there was times i had cars broken down with that nobody would help me i mean some things are impossible i mean i tried you know but anyhow um i see we have a caller here i'm going to take them and see if they want to talk and see if they have anything to add to the show hold on please Area code five one seven. Name and where are you from? First name only. Oh, it's Kathy. Oh, it's Kathy. Kathy. Oh, hi, yeah, Kathy. Kitty. How are you? Hi, hi. How are you? I called, I called, good. I called are you? to just to your show. Good. I'm good. You know what? While I have you on the show, we don't have a lot of callers. Why don't you know? We're it, this show is not about readings really tonight or anything like that. And like, um, if you heard any of it, I'm I've been sick all day. So and nope, well, I no called. Oh, okay. I just so we called in. Okay, well, you know, while I have you on the air, we've talked mostly about cystic fibrosis. I've been doing a lot of work, as you know, with many people with it. Um, Kathy yeah, is my yeah. friend, known as Aunt Kitty on our Grieving Parents site. Uh, she lost her daughter, Autumn. Uh, she's done a show with me before. While we have you in the air, let's talk about what Autumn had again, okay? Because uh, people need to know about these illnesses and tell what she went through, the name of it, and because you can co-host with me now, whether you like it or not. Um, where's your niece? Where's your niece? She had some uh, oh. prior things that she had to take care of, and she, it was last minute, and she had to do it. And she wasn't feeling good. I have been sick. Well, I think KFC, but I had chills today, and I didn't know whether I was uh, going to do the show or not, but it's not about me. But you know what? Since I have you on the air, we did talk about the other genetic diseases uh, tonight, too, uh, Tay-Sachs yeah. and sickle cell. Let's talk about Autumn's disease. Tell them, I, we want to hear all about Autumn because, you know, we, we have an hour left of the show. There's no other callers. Uh, mostly everybody's listening, I know, because that's why I did the show, Kath, because I know there's okay. going to be tons okay. of listeners tonight. So let's talk about your daughter's disease. And if anybody else wants to call in between to find it about cystic fibrosis or, or Autumn's illness, let's let's open the board up to them, okay? So go ahead, Kath. Let's talk okay. about the disease, the name and explanation. Okay. All right, my 14-year-old daughter, Autumn Silva, um, she passed in 2009, October of 2009, at the age of 14. She had an aortal arch aneurysm, but it's also known as Takiatsu arteritis. It was named after a Japanese doctor, an ophthalmologist. Um, 
Anyways, uh, my daughter, when she was born, she was born healthy, and by eight or 12 months, she started to walk, and by 15 months, she uh, was dragging herself and crying. And we couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. We took her to the doctor. They couldn't figure out, so we took her to uh, Children's Hospital in Detroit. And um, she was in there for two weeks, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. And I just got really, you know, upset because we were there 24-7 for two weeks, and there was no diagnosis. They couldn't figure it out. Um, so I took her out of there, and I took her to U of M, Ann Arbor, the Children's Night Hospital, and um, she was diagnosed within two hours. She had um, systemic, which means it can affect your organs, juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. Can I ask and, a question, uh, Kathy, before you continue? Yeah. Did you go through a hard time, too, with doctors thinking you were nuts, there was nothing wrong, or, or were they kind of yes. cooperating with you? No, yes. Oh, they were? Okay. Okay, so I just explained um, where... Well, I was I had her in the hospital for two weeks, and nobody, you know, all the da- all the doctors couldn't figure anything out. So I took her, you know, to Children's, I mean, to a U of M, and right away, you know, within the day they diagnosed her. Within, I think it was two hours. So, um, anyways, roll go forward to. Uh, to 2008, probably when she was in eighth grade, she started swelling, and she, supposedly she was in remission since kindergarten. So she mm-hmm. started swelling; her her ankle swelled, her knee swelled. And at first, they thought, you know, maybe she sprained her ankles, did something to her knee. They took all kinds of X-rays, and uh, nothing. So mm-hmm. she was went to school on crutches, and uh, we just we couldn't figure out what the heck, you know. Right. So um, it took probably a whole year. I was taking her back and forth to doctors, back and forth, her pediatrician, her rheumatologist, and nobody could figure out what was wrong. Right. And my her rheumatologist reluctantly um, uh, said, okay, I'll treat you for arthritis. You know, maybe it is back, but it didn't seem to be back. Well, if it didn't seem to be back, why didn't she look for what it could have been, you know? What are some statistics um, on the disease? I mean, it, this is a very rare disease, right? Um, it's okay. pretty rare. It's, it's usually, uh, you'll find it in Asian women between the ages of, I think, 15 and 30. And, all and your background, are, you know, and your my background, background is Hungarian, Hungarian. We're Hungarian, yeah. Right. And that could be something to do with Asian. I don't know. But anyways, um It'll be her her um, anniversary is coming up the seventh of October. But um, so anyway, she was finally ten, ten days before she passed. She was finally diagnosed because her periods had stopped, and we were trying to. We had an appointment to take her to a doctor to see why that happened, and um, we had an appointment to see a whatever doctor, hormonal doctor, or whatever. And uh, that weekend, she was laying down on a Friday on the living room floor, and her her rib was sticking out. And she said, you know, my rib is sticking out. Mm -hmm. And I didn't believe her, and I felt her. She was very skinny, so it looked really prominent, you know, sticking out of her. I mean, she wasn't very skinny, but she was normal, you know, wasn't fat or anything. And um, so I called the doctor, took her in. 
they did x-rays and they thought they saw a mass. They can't see um, a, uh, a aneurysm on an x-ray. It has to be with a um, CT scan. Right. So she had an appointment Monday to see an oncologist, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we ended up going to see him Monday morning. Oh, she asked me if she was going to die. Right. And just automatically I said, no, don't be silly, you know. So we we got we went in to see the cancer doctor, and he, you know, what, whatever he wanted to CT scan, and when they did the CT scan, that's when they found the blood clot, or the, I had blood clots, when they found the aneurysm. Right. And uh, so they put him in the hospital right away, and uh, the nurses were, were awesome. The nurses were excellent. It was the, the doctors and the surgeons that I wasn't real happy with because Same problem, they yeah. <laughs> they didn't... Okay, there's a 5% chance of survival with the Takiyatsu arteritis, mm-hmm. but if it's found early enough, there's a better chance, you know, like a really good chance. Right. And uh, nobody nobody detected it, and uh, the doctors actually were supposed to have a meeting with the surgeon to figure out what they were going to do. Their plan was they were going to... Well, they had given her blood pressure medicine because her blood pressure was high, really high, scary high. And um, they, um, I'm trying to think. It's okay. Take your time, honey. Remember? Yeah. I got in our living room together, you know. That's what my show's about. So they're trying to keep her comfortable because they didn't know what the heck to do with her. Mm-hmm. And I just don't understand why they didn't call a vascular surgeon in, you know. Of course, right. everything I know years later and think about years later, you know, probably could have helped me back then. But anyways, right. um, okay, so she had this, she had tachyotic arteritis, and that's what they were doing. They are trying to keep her comfortable until they figured out what to do with her. But they were going to eventually um, take her in and, and uh, see if she needed either stents or a bypass. Mm-hmm. Right. None of that happened. None of that happened. Um, the night that she passed, she was in the hospital for ten days, and she was our only our only child. And um, we were watching TV, and all of a sudden she said, "Oh my head, I'm so dizzy!" And I knew right away. I knew right away. So I grabbed for the nurse's button. I turned around, and looked at her, and it looked like she was having seizures. But I found out later it wasn't. It was because she was losing, or she was, um, the blood was rushing into her her lungs. What do they call it? Exanguation or something? Mm, I don't know. She, um, that's what was happening. Oh, and, gosh. Uh, I, I ran to the door and I screamed for someone to come down, and within minutes, minutes, they were, you know, like, eight people were in there working on her and they pulled her bed away from the wall. They asked me to go, you know, sit down or if I wanted to stay, you know, but sit down and I, I didn't want to leave her. And I watched them for probably 40 minutes, an hour. And then uh, they took her down to pediatric ICU. And you know how when they tell you, somebody tells you don't look down, you look down. Yep. They told me, don't look down, because I kid you not, there's at least 50 or more hypodermic needles on the floor from them trying to revive her. 
And I walked out of the pediatric ICU with her, and finally my, my sister was there with me first because mm-hmm. she lived closer. Dave lived an hour away. I had to call him and tell him right away what happened, and he was, you know, as fast as he could. It was a 40-minute drive. Tried to right. drive there. So went to the pediatric ICU, and they worked on her, and I stood with it, like, maybe 15 feet away mm-hmm. and watched them. And, you know, I was just in shock. I didn't it, – it just – I couldn't believe it. It wasn't real, you know. Oh, yeah. And, I know. <laughs> and uh, real, we still – you know, I had people say to me that at least you were prepared. Hell no, you're not prepared for your kid to die. No. I don't know what – People when they come out with their sort of comments, they really they, they really piss me off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, and then uh, all of a sudden, I heard t- or, um, time eleven fifty nine, and they pronounced her dead. Yep. You know, yep. and then Dave didn't get there until maybe like ten minutes later. But the first thing I thought, the first thing I thought of was, <laughs> what am I going to tell Dave? You know, mm-hmm. and then what am I going to tell her friends? What am I going to tell my family? Yeah. It's just weird how, you know, you think of certain things that you don't think you're going to think of. I was told maybe she that was, my, my husband passed nine months before my husband, so I was doing this alone. I mean, it was uh, we were separated for years, and uh, I had a boyfriend at the time, but he was actually here hanging with my other son. To to us grieving. You know, that's something else that I'm going to let you continue with this story because I think it's important people know about what your daughter had also. I appreciate so it. Things. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, you can go on any time. You know that. Um, but um, I I just want to say something. I have a friend um, who works very hard with the Veterans Association. He lost his daughter and made his own But uh, the other thing, the, the grief aspect after you've lost a child People, if you've never lost a child, I just want to say, yeah, you're going to back me. And I just wrote him before the show because he's in a situation. My mother's 20th anniversary was May 26th. Uh, this past Monday, his ex-wife, a friend of mine, was up the street. He was school my husband. He's, he's got MS like me. I just found out when he got his daughter's thing, he's also got MS. And what are people writing on his site tonight? Well, you know, you know, we're worried about you go see a therapist. Now, I'm going to tell you something. Therapy doesn't really help because unless they've lost a child, I don't know. What are, you, what are your feelings about that when you've lost a child? Does a regular therapist help you? I wouldn't no. Help me. No, it doesn't. Mm-mm. Please don't offer advice if you haven't lost a child. You, you, I'm, I'm, you know, people are writing on a site tonight, oh, I'm sorry to see you need help. And let the man grieve. No. It's all part of the grieving yeah. process. Let yeah. him get it out. Let him post pictures of his daughter. Let him talk about her. Let him talk about how people have left him. Leave him the hell alone. Say, I'm sorry. That's it. Don't offer advice. Yeah. I got really ticked, and I wrote extensive things on his site tonight and sent him my um, my grieving parent shows. I, that's just something else I wanted to bring up tonight. You know, it's about cystic, but it's also about the loss of our kids, too. Don't offer advice if you've never been there because this grief is different, right, Kathy? Tell them. I mean, yes, how do you? How do you feel? I mean, <laughs> you can't even explain it. No, it isn't. It's no, not. No, it's not, like not. Losing, no, it's not like losing a spouse or a parent or a sibling. I've lost all them. 
I lost a brother, sister to cancer. I lost parents. I lost grandparents. I lost aunts, uncles, uh, husband. I've lost those too. And yeah, that grief is very real. But a child grief, uh, pals. <laughs> and let me tell you out there, it's a total different thing, and it doesn't get better. It doesn't. It, actually, it gets worse as time goes yeah. on. It gets different. Different is all I can say. Different. So yeah. Let the man grieve. Let Bobby grieve, please, because he needs to. And stop putting him down, because the last thing we need as grieving parents is to hear your crap. Okay, I just had to get that out tonight. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I'm up <laughs> That's why I am who I am, you know? <laughs> so, go ahead, honey, continue. Continue with, um, what were the, um, what are the beginning signs that you look for with what Autumn had? What, what can you tell other people if they notice for their children? Okay, first of all, there's very little documentation, but there is documentation that Takiatsu arteritis has um, um, is related genetically to um, aneurysms. You know. Wow. Hmm. But not enough documentation where anybody will notice it. You know. Mm-hmm. Because I just don't understand why her rheumatologist, who was a regular rheumatologist at the time when she was a baby, and by the time she we thought she had her arthritis come back, she was mm-hmm. she's the head of rheumatology at that hospital, mm-hmm. and she still didn't think, well, if it's not that, well, what else, you know? Yeah. Well, I think One we, of the, uh, um, we think uh, sometimes doctors are God. I used to. <laughs> I had the my doctor since my he delivered me until I was close to thirty. He was still my doctor, and that's how we did it back then. And I used to look at him like he was God himself. But we got to realize they're human yeah. beings. They make mistakes. They don't know everything. But one thing I'm going to say about doctors: sometimes get off your high horse and pursue it instead of calling us drama queens or ignoring it. Exactly. You know? Because exactly. I, I was somebody's life. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You know. Oh, they're going to love me. They always did. <laughs> you know what? I don't, don't care. care. If, you, if you have a child die, Peggy, you know what? You just don't care. Everything's a piece. Life's just a piece of care. Yeah. You know, life come on, perfect. throw it at me. Yeah, exactly. That's what I tell people. People, I wrote them, like I said, my friend Bob's site tonight. I said, you know what? I don't care who likes me anymore or who thinks I'm not. You know, they, they think grief is a mental illness. It's not a mental illness. It's a real it's a real thing. They People look because, at me like nuts. They look at me like I'm nuts. And I'm like, you know what? I look at them back like they're nuts because you really don't have a pal. You don't have a clue what life's about. You don't take time to smell the roses, and they talk about their empty nest syndrome. And yeah, we have that too with our other kids. But you know what? Your kids come home, like my poem at Christmas, the empty chairs at the table. Your kids come home exactly. for the holidays. You get to watch them get married. Uh, you missed my. Yep. Um, you can go back and listen to the archive. This kid gave a powerful message to us, cystic fibrosis. That's kind of the reason. With everything else going on, the people I'm helping right now, and I saw this kid's message, and oh man, he was a bomb. Meaning that he was good, because my friend who's a musician writing a song right now as we speak about Cystic Light Bros, he goes, what do you mean I'm the bomb? I said, it's a good thing. <laughs> it's a good thing. Not everybody knows Not everybody knows my lingo, you know. But, you know, I think we have to make others aware of, um, like I said, these diseases, because they exist. Diseases that are not adult diseases. Exactly. They're not. Yeah, Children they're not- are getting aneurysms. Children are getting... 
blood clots. Yep. You know? Yep. yep. Children are getting delivered like a drunk and a smoker, like my kids. You know what I'm saying? They don't realize. Like, first thing what people say, of course, you know, he had a couple beers here and there. Every picture I post, you see him. He he looked like he was 13 years old. He was 21. He'd go to a party and have a beer or two. You know what I'm saying? He'd get sloused or whatever, you know. But, you know, people was like, oh, my God, you let that kid drink? He was 21 years old. And yes, he did have liver disease, but he wasn't a drunk. He didn't get a liver uh, uh, issues with the liver because he was a drunk. I really think a lot of his liver issues was all the powerful antibiotics they were giving him because after they gave him this one thing, that's when the liver started really failing. But I, I'm not going to go into that one right now. <laughs> you know, but uh, they, you got to understand the diseases that we kind of compare like you are the uh, to an adult aneurysm or to a smoker or to an alcoholic. People yeah. get these diseases. That has nothing to do with them drinking or smoking or being old age. They get them when yeah. they're young. You know, see, after you're born with it. Now, she was born with this then, obviously, right? Nobody ever said. I'll never know. Really? Until I, wow. I see her again. Nobody knows. Yeah. You know. Really? They, they, did they ever discuss that with you? They never said anything about it? Or whether, nope. It, nope. Wow. Hmm. Nope. No, because wow. the doctors, the surgeon blew us off twice. Yeah. You know, we we're supposed to have yeah. a meeting with them. Mm-hmm. If I had the choice, I mean, if she was going to die anyways, I would have went ahead and, and had them do something like, why aren't you doing something right away, you know? It's, yep, yeah. It's vascular. It's important. Well, and that's before I knew in Flint over here they've got the vascular Whatever uh-huh. you know, with a whole bunch of vascular surgeons of you know of Michigan, uh-huh. could have took her there. Well, that's like me too. I can remember um, one of my last visits in the city, and my son's doctor. I didn't. I'm, I'm not. I shouldn't say it on the show. I'm not going to say it. Didn't care for her. <laughs> Just said it. Uh, he had yeah. to go to the. He turned 21 or 18, whatever. He had to go to the adult side. Which and they didn't really know women. She was kind of wet behind the ears, as far as I'm concerned. I don't care. Sue me. I ain't got no money anyhow. And she was expecting. And I can remember going into the office instead of being positive. And positive attitude is a lot with things. And I'm pumping him up, and he's asking me, "Mom, what's going to happen?" Don't worry, we're going to get your parts. We're going to get your parts. I'm pro- I promised him we're going to get your parts, new parts. I walk into the office one day, and she sits him down. And she goes, "You've just about had it with this, haven't you?" In other words, I knew she was giving up on him. I looked at her. I wanted to rip her eyeballs out. I'm not even kidding you. Yeah. The bedside manner of some of these doctors sucks. And, you know, I don't yeah. care. They suck. Yep. And then Ever since she, my daughter died, my faith in doctors, I have none. Well, Unless I'll tell you, I've known them. Yeah, yeah. Oh, a moneymaker. It's a moneymaker, you know. I used to listen to a show mm-hmm. with a friend of mine years ago, Gary Knoll. Was the name of the show. He says, you know what? As much as we're putting money into these foundation, whatever, and I'm probably, boy, I'm probably going to the government's going to probably come after me now for this one. But don't care. What are you going to take? You know? Um, don't care. They There's cures for everything out there, they say. They know. Yeah. It's just yeah. a, it's a money-making deal. They want to bleed right. you and give right. you drugs and, and do this and do that. And I'm not saying there is a necessity. There is. When you got an infection, you need an antibiotic, for God's sake. You know, but Kathy, you ever watch some of these commercials on TV now? They say, well, we can get rid of your cholesterol issues, but 
this can kill you. This can give you a Hodgkin yeah. disease. Yeah. I laugh at him. I said, wake up, America. Yeah. What are you, stupid? Come on. You sit God. there and you listen to all the shit, all the, the you know, I don't this know. versus this, and it's not worth it. No. I don't. People go to me. I can remember about four or five years ago, I, I have my regular doctor and my neurologist. I just turned 61 September. I've had MS since I was nine, which is, I didn't fall in the category. It's usually 20 to 40, okay? But misdiagnosed my whole life, thought I had encephalitis. And, but the symptoms were there my whole life. So I went through hell my whole life, and nobody believed in me. There was something wrong until 50. They found it, okay? And, um, you know, I, I'm losing my train of thought here as part of the MS. But uh, thinking back to that, well, oh, my, doctor, to my, neurologist, my neurologist, that's what it is. I go into my oh, neurologist. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. At least you have someone to blame it on. This is true. Something to blame it on? Uh-huh, uh-huh, this is true. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I uh, and I'll tell you, MS is a process of elimination. Uh, mm-hmm. I had to go through testing to prove I didn't have ALS. They suspected that with me, so, you know, I understand. But the yours is genetic, too. Yeah, yours is genetic, too, no, because no, no, that's no. why your kids... No, no. Uh, multiple sclerosis no. has nothing to do with cystic fibrosis. It's, no, it's two different illnesses. Uh-uh. It's not? No, it has nothing to do with it. See, they're two different illnesses. Okay. okay. No, MS just happens. There can be um, one thing I did find out, though, that I found kind of weird. Uh, when my sister, Pat, she died in 2006. She never drank, never smoked. She was a teetotaler, not a potty mouth like me. Uh, you know, I told the opposite. You never know her sisters. I joked even in my book. I I used to tell her I must have got the extra hormones you didn't get because she was very quiet. <laughs> well, anyhow, she got diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in her in her sixties, early sixties. And I started to research it. And do you know that they said that when there are siblings, one will get non-Hodgkin's and the other can get MS. They're somehow related. Really. That, yeah, I yeah. get that. But that amazed me because it's ironic. There were six kids. Well, it could be either or or both, you know. Well, I don't know. I guess they never really yeah. had a I, I had a hypothesis years ago with cystic fibrosis where it says the us uh, carriers of the one gene don't get anything. My yeah. husband had wasn't a smoker ever. He, at two years old, had lung damage from uh, a type of pneumonia. He ended up with diabetes. Uh, cystic fibrosis attacks the lungs and the pancreas, and both these things attacked him, okay, both lungs and the pancreas. I have lung issues. I have had uh, hypoglycemia since I was young. I'm supposed to be a diabetic by the time I'm 40. Thank God I'm not still. Um, hoping I don't get it. But they said eventually your insulin's going to wear out because you put too much out and you're going to end up with diabetes. But so my pancreas is off. My brother, my brother died, my oldest brother. He died of pancreatic cancer. My father's father died of pancreatic cancer, pancreas again. And more than likely, yeah. being on the German side, that's the side I got it from, my, my father's father. So I still think there is maybe a link between that one gene and some of these others, but you know what? I'm not. A, I'm, I'm. What the heck was that? <laughs> I'm closing my window. You got a barking dog. Oh my gosh! It's like it's like, like it's like we're just on the phone and nobody's listening. Yeah, I know. Well, we probably are tonight. Um, that was a sign from our loved one, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my 
Oh no, no. I've had an awful lot of them lately. But tonight, like I said, we're not even going into that. I mean, I've I've actually captured the TV going wacky between her birthday, the first September, and the seventh on mine. Many strange things have been happening. I don't know if you've seen my site lately, but weird stuff. There's no way in hell. Yeah. It's weird. But you know what? People think I'm wacky with this. Yeah, go watch Teresa Caputo and Sylvia Brown when she was alive and John Edwards. But I'm a wacko, you know, so go figure. You know what? Maybe I'm the wacko for not going on TV and making big bucks like they are. You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to help you. You know, you think I I come out with this because I got nothing better to do? Believe me. I'm retired. I'd like to go take a vacation somewhere, go do something. But, no, I I devote my time. I know. I'm sorry I missed you at the retreat. I know. One of these days, man. Oh, talk about that a little bit because I haven't been uh-huh. very involved with our. Our um, Kathy and I met through our grieving group sites. Um, thousands upon thousands. I'm amazed of how many other people that have lost children. Uh, not that it's a great thing. It's the first worst thing ever. But you people like you have saved me. I mean, even though I help others, when I get just so fed up with hearing other people's crap telling me how I should live my life and stop acting this way and let let your children stay dead and move on and, and they're dead. Get over it. You know, these sites save me because I, I can go there and I can post pictures and I can say, this is the date. Today, you know, it's her birthday. I'm having a bad day. Or the angel anniversary is coming up the day she died, which in my case was on Mother's Day. So that's yeah. really sucked. So while you, it's bad Mother's Day is bad enough for everybody else, but my daughter actually died May twelfth, two thousand two, on Mother's Day. You know, so yeah. so that's while you're celebrating things, I'm that day's hard enough, let alone having her actual die on that day. And my son, he Isn't got a It's crazy. It's crazy. But I kind of took the negative with that and turned the positive because she had two kids. She was a wonderful mother. I said, well, God took home the best mother that day. So that's the way I try to look at it to, to heal myself, you know? Yeah. So just some of the things we have to do and say to each other and uh, help each other. And, you know, like I said, I know the show's about CF, but there's a lot of other diseases out there. And uh, Kathy, you know, makes a lot of public, public yeah, you know, that's all, folks. <laughs> that's like pretty big. That's all, folks. Uh, public awareness of what Autumn had. Uh, it's yeah. not just a, a bitching and moaning on our groups about, you know, which we do, which I don't call bitching and moaning, because I hear people bitch and moan about stupid stuff like, uh, oh, gosh, I threw the laundry in and my clothes came out pink. Get over it. When we exactly. complain, we have every right. We have feelings. We hurt. We That hurt doesn't go away in a week, a month, a year. Once the funeral's over, people think we're supposed to forget them. Hell no. It doesn't work that way. Sorry. Sorry, Jelly. You know, so we do, you know, talk to each other and and, and it's our saving grace to have these groups. But I want you to talk a little bit what Shirley, uh, Shirley Johnson and and, and Renee Blythe, uh, um, Hogan Blythe, uh, whatever, whichever, Saturday. She was married five times. (laughs) Go, girl. So tell, um, (laughs) tell I also want to tell you, too, um, there's a statement people make to me. Well, you have other children. It doesn't matter. Each child was different. Kathy here had one child. She lost her only child. Renee had one son. She lost her only son. What do you say to them? Do you Shirley have other had one son. Or no, Shirley has other kids. Oh, yep. okay. But what I'm saying, okay. whether we have other kids or not, you know, we're still grieving that child. I'm grieving two of my children that were breathing, living, and different from my Don and Dan who do not have CF, you know. 
Um, you have no other children. Renee has no other children. No. No. Uh, I know quite a few other people on our groups that have no other children. So, first yeah. of all, you can't compare one to another. You know, what, what do you want us to do? We've been handed this. You, you know, we, we can't all go out the way Robin Williams went. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not putting yeah. him down here. Mental illness is a real disease, and that's something else people got to realize, too. He wasn't a coward. He wasn't this. And, no, it happens. People just get to a point where enough's enough, and they have no control yeah. over the disease. So that's something else I want to touch on, too. You know, don't put people down for what they do. You know, he was he was a, a brilliant man, you know, but he suffered from an illness, no different than cancer. Yeah. Uh, people, look, look at Joan, Joan Rivers. She went in for a yeah. simple... And, the reasons I should go and have that done, but I've had anesthesia three times in my life, and I was critical each time I had it. So I won't yeah. even go get the own thing done. Uh, well, you know, anesthesia. anesthesia. Yeah, anesthesia. Um, they use that to put animals to sleep. They just give them, you know, they so much. Yep. Like how how they give you a little, you know, so much they know when you're in the hospital to operate for you to go to sleep, and they give animals, you know, so much more. And that's anesthesia, well, you know. Yeah, yeah. You, could, um, they, you they don't know what you... No, you don't know. And this propanol is what no. they used to keep Mark. Mark, uh, the last few months, maybe year of his life, every once a week, sometimes twice a week, that poor little kid, if he weighed even 96 pounds at that point, his stomach would swell with fluid. Each time they'd, they'd be draining uh, off once or twice a week, five and a half liters of, of fluid from him. And every time wow. he went in... They gave him propanol and volume, just like they do with the endoscopies and all these other tests. And I'm scared to death because my dad had colon cancer, but he beat it. My sister, who's living, had issues with the colon. I'm 61. I haven't had the test yet, and my doctor yells at me. I'm afraid of the anesthesia. Do it without the anesthesia. I'll take the pain because I'm afraid I'm going to go out like Joan Lewis does, and I'm going to be honest about it. I'm scared. I'm scared of it, you know? But one of the things I just want to get back to real quick, and we'll talk about the retreats, which is important for grieving parents. Oh, okay. Did uh, I tell you that... What? Oh, did I tell you that um, we are approved by the IRS and we're now a, um official IRS-approved nonprofit? Yeah. That's okay. cool. cool. I, I'm waiting on that myself with my uh, CF thing because I don't yeah, really handle it. I've had the semi-very um, little funds. I've had a check for $50 and 20 for some stickers uh-huh. I did and what and whatever, but I haven't gotten, like, big amounts. I kind of like direct organi- other organizations help a person if they want to wish. But one thing I just want to – I started talking about my uh, neurologist before. I just want to say something about that on the yeah. subject of tests and what have you uh, and the commercials about drugs. People say to me, what are you taking for your MS? Well, I'm low – I have issues with vitamin D. I take high doses, get out in the sun a lot. I have issues with vitamin okay. C. My doctor wanted me to take shots. I decided on Copaxin to slow it down. I have relapsing remitting. I'm not progressive yet, but he says, wait till your 60s because I can go there. And then he got out of the shots, and I looked at them, and I never took them. So every time I went back, he goes, are you taking your shots? You're going to regret this. You're going to regret this. Well, now I'm watching all these commercials on TV, and I'm not regret taking them because you know yeah. what? I'm 61, and I had about two weeks ago – I was out same day. I look like crap. I really did. I mean, I, I, yeah, I was going to ask, how are you? I'm good. I'm mean, right now. I got a little stomach thing going on. I'm up and down, you know, tell MS is, but I'm surviving. I still do gardening and all my stuff I do and shop and a little hard for me, but I do it. You know, I'm, I'm good. I can't complain, you know, but, um, the, 
I'm glad I didn't take. I'm not telling people not to take them. If they work for you, fine. But I didn't. I didn't. I'm 61, and, and that day I went out, and I thought I looked like crap. Not because I didn't feel good, because I, I had things to do. Two people stopped and hadn't seen me different places, didn't know each other at the same day, telling me how good I look. So you know what? I must be doing something right. <laughs> you know? Good. You go, girl. I don't, I don't take the shots. I don't do that. I take my that D. And when he, my neurologist, one of the most positive things he ever did, when he put me on the vitamin D, and I take three times the amount he told me to take because I, I can adjust how I feel by it. If I don't take my vitamin D, I've tested myself two or three days. That's it. I am in depression. I can't move. If I take it, it's like I'm out there doing my gardening and I'm out there washing my car. I still have my good and bad days. You know what I'm saying? It's hot out. Yeah. I can't take I'm really hot or whatever. I mean, yeah, I know I've adjusted my life around things, but uh, that works for me, the vitamin D. And they're finding that with a lot of these diseases that it's, we're all deficient in it. So screw the sunscreen. Start... Start getting some sunlight, peeps, you know. <laughs> but go ahead. Let's hear about the growth. I just want to get that in. So go ahead. Okay. All right. We have a um, a group. Well, it's actually a foundation, and we're a nonprofit 5013C um, organization called Wings of Hope Living Forward. And um, we do retreats, not um, conventions like um, – Compassionate Friends, we are like Compassionate Friends, but we're a smaller group, and we do, um, i trying to think, um, um, run houses in nice places, big houses, so yeah. that you're in a peaceful, beautiful scenario while meeting other parents that are just like you, have lost a child, or grandparents, you know, you Last week or two, where, where you were in the Smoky Mountains? I was no, I was in Arkansas, Arkansas retreat. Oh, okay. It was a all moms retreat this time, and it was just awesome. The ladies were awesome. Had, had one in Virginia Beach in May, which I was going to talk at and what have you. And yeah. I had a crisis going on in my family, and I pulled out my shoulder, and I couldn't make it, which I kicked myself because I really wanted to go so bad. Mm-hmm. I don't fly, but I was I was going to Amtrak it. I had my ticket. Mm-hmm. I had everything. Ready to go, ready to go, and then I pulled my shoulder out, which was I thought I was going to lose my mind. It was terrible, terrible. I slept through something, but it was so I didn't go to. I haven't been to a retreat yet, but I see the posts and I hear from you guys, and okay. they're great. Tell them what you do at these retreats. Okay, the first retreat, the retreat we had was in uh, Gatlinburg, or not Gatlinburg, um, Smoky Mountains in in Tennessee. Wow. We had forty, I think, parents. Men and women, you know, and uh, that one, it was kind of like a first, you, you, we learned by every retreat. And um, so uh, there was a few people, and especially me, I came home with like an ah, ah moment, you know. And yeah. um, it was just wonderful. You know, we talk about our kids, we do balloon releases, we do candle lighting ceremonies, we have people that, you know, make personalized candles. Um it's just awesome. And if you go on our site, www.wingsofhopelivingforward.org, you can um, see what we have available on our site. Um, a nonprofit, we have testimonies from people from retreats. You can go to the retreat section and you can see where, like, the past retreats and look at pictures and stuff from those. And then there's future retreats 
and you can see how much money they want down. You pay so much, and usually it's inclusive where we do food and we do. Um, oh, I'm talking a few hundred bucks for however long. For a whole week's vacation, like uh, I think Virginia Beach was for a whole week. What was it? Two hundred fifty yeah. bucks, three hundred bucks for the whole week. That's lodging, yeah. Yeah. everything. Yeah. Where the hell are you going that's on a vacation because, like that and be yeah, around? Yeah, they're, re- they're reasonable. Um, yeah. I think the Gatlinburg one is three three fifty or something. Yeah, or? but still. I mean, you can't go yeah. on vacation. I, I keep saying Gatlinburg. It's Smoky Mountains. Okay. Uh, you know, like Autumn yeah. passed away. Autumn passed away in eighth grade, and the last trip we went on was her eighth grade field trip, and it was to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and um, wow. Washington, and uh, New York. Wow. So, yeah. I know, for well, eighth graders. But they no, learn all year, and then they take them on, you know, they take them on the field yeah. to show them, you know, the government and all that stuff. Yeah, we do that. We did that uh, in my high school. My husband, when I didn't, uh, I had a choice between going. Our trip was to Bermuda, but my dad says you either get a down payment for a car graduation or the trip. Which one? I said the car. <laughs> the car. Um, can I, also be can I go on now? Yeah, let me just say one more thing before it gets too late into the show for our listeners. Uh, next week I have um, – uh, Josie, uh, um, oh gosh, let me. I just want to make this announcement so our listeners can hear. Uh, Josie Vargo is going to be on. This is a woman who's an author now and has groups and what have you, and she has cerebral palsy, and she writes books. and She's going to be on my show next Tuesday night, uh, uh, September thirtieth, seven to nine. And I'm done with my announcements. Go for it. Talk about okay. Talk about. Okay. So, anybody? Is there anybody you have listeners from all over, Peg? If what? I'm sorry. Your listeners are from all over, not just New York. Well, obviously, because I'm on, too. So I want anybody out there that's from Michigan, anybody from Michigan that has lost a child or a grandchild and you need some place to go for support, we have wonderful groups. I am actually the state chapter member of the Wings of Hope of Michigan. You can look that up on Facebook, Wings of Hope Michigan. And you can request to join, and I'll add you. And we're actually going to be having our first meet and greet um, October 19th, I called um, the local news, and they're supposed to call me back because I talked with the producer, and he said um, they'll give me, he'll talk with somebody else, they'll give me a call and find out so I can tell them about the organization. Um, just a lot of stuff going on. But uh, Wings of Hope, we're affiliated with different uh, groups. We have a suicide group, we have a grieving parents, um, left behind a suicide group, um, a group grieving parents without surviving children. Um, if you know anybody, God forbid, does happen to you. But if you know anybody that has a grandchild or a child that they lost, have them go there. Have them also right. go to the Wings of Hope nonprofit site because we have right now a lot of people, well, not right now, a lot of people can't afford stones, but. Um, oh, when, child, when people's child, when children die, sometimes. You know, they go years without having a stone because they can't afford it. We all also have um, a monument company that's on our site and uh-huh. uh, books and grieving counselors, you know, for you to go get some help and all of our groups and the retreats. I mean, it's worth checking it out. And yeah, again, I know. My book is um, not listed on there. My show is listed on there, so you can go yeah. to any one of us, we're all part of this group. I'm I'm not, I have to say, not as active because i got all this other stuff going on, but the things that I am active uh, in 
related to grief is on uh, the site. Uh, they made a whole page for me and my kids. So I, I thank you guys all for that. That's Thank you so much. No, yes, you're welcome. Yep. Now, um, I just want to anyway, show I am I am on the state, the state of Michigan chapter leader, and I also am a board member and um, officer, I guess you would call me, for the Wings mm-hmm. of Hope. And if you go on the site and you go, you know, you see the um, the albums, uh, what are they called? Um, memory Our Kids Stories. Memory, memory. The memory album with our kids' pictures yeah. and our stories. If you yeah. either go on a retreat or um, I can't remember how much. I think it's a retreat. People get it for free, the kids' stories on there. Otherwise, you'll have to talk to Shirley Johnson, uh, Shirley Tripp Johnson, and find out how to put your story the child's story on there. Um, and then we have the um, About Us section. It's directors and officers. And if you go on there, there'll be my picture. There'll be Shirley's picture, Renee's picture, uh, Frank, he's an officer, and Shirley's um, husband is a treasurer. Okay. Cool. So, I mean, we're we're getting legit. We're, and you sell we're stuff. Passionate. Sell stuff. Memory stuff and yeah. and okay we have and we also have a, a Wings of Hope store. We sell T-shirts, grieving mom T-shirts, you know, parent, grandparent, whatever, sweatshirts. We sell have grieving moms that make jewelry, and all we ask them to do is donate donate ten percent back to the foundation. Right. We don't right. take it and keep it for ourselves. We put it right back in because any donations that we get. Also, I want to did I talk about the Roseanne Quilty Fund? No. That she okay. The Roseanne Quilty is one of the moms that has gone the last three um, retreats. And if you go on the site and you go to donations and go to Roseanne Quilty Fund, her two sons it's in their memory. No matter how much you donate, she will match it a hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Now, can I ask a question? Who's there's a woman that makes quilts out of our ch- late children's clothes. Is she belong to that group or not? Tag, I don't know. I haven't no, I haven't uh looked at hers. Yeah, I think it's awesome. Would, we sit and wonder what are we gonna do? I it's been three and a half years yep. and I yep. still have most of his stuff and I, I gave some to my grandson who was five years old. I have all of Autumn's stuff, her bedrooms exactly. I mean, you know, we've moved yeah. stuff around but everything's in there. Well like I said, you know, this woman actually takes her clothing, quilts out of them. I think that's a great idea. Yeah. It's yeah, like a memory. Yeah. Uh, we have people that make candles, personalized candles. Um, mm-hmm. Go on the site and look because, you know, the pictures are your kids and all you have to do because they're the um, the tall candles, you know, the, I forgot what they call that. Um, what do you call the, the, the candles? The, somebody's probably out there saying whatever the answer is, you know, say it, say it, say it. But anyway, <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you know, and then, it's a picture um, picture of the child on the candle and a poem on the back. And then what you do is you burn it until it's burned down enough to where you can just put a tea light in there, and then you never have to burn it ever again, just the tea light. Wow. And it's you know, always your child. I'm going to have to check that one. Yeah, we have talented people that make those. Yep. No, I, I look like the little candle maker in the neighborhood. You see my deck. At night, it's all lit when I'm out there. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I have well, every retreat you go to, we have I have three candles now because uh-huh. um, I've been to three retreats. Right, right. That's awesome. And they're awesome. They're beautiful. Yeah, I mean, perfect. just everything, 
everything with with meeting with other people who are in the same place as you are, it's just you just can't ask for you know better. You meet somebody and they they become a friend, you know, yeah. a lifelong friend. It's just horrible to have other people that have lost a child. Yeah, and it it helps us. It it, it heals our heart and soul to be around others that have gone through it that, that aren't going to say, and I'm not putting you people down, my friends, family that say things, you know, because you just, it's, I'm not going to call you ignorant in a bad way. You just don't know. If you haven't been there, you don't know what we really feel. You no. you don't, you go on, but it's hard. And it's, we have to do the memory things because yep. you go. they were somebody. I mean, you know, we go back and look at people like, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, presidents. Okay, they were presidents, but people still talk about them. So why can't we talk yep. about our kids? Why can't we? Exactly. Oh, our kids. I think about that all the time. Yeah. You know? You go on about Robin Williams and Joan Rivers, but well, that's okay, though. Yep. But if I put something Run on my head, big. Well, here she goes. Yeah. Think of it in those terms. You know, we have feelings, too, and we have our, our human side where... Yep. Uh, my belief, you know, I'm not telling you what to believe. I'm also an intuitive. I do readings. Well, you know, everybody knows from my show. You know, my show is worldwide. I've read people all over the place. I don't know these people from Adam. You know, it's a gift the Lord's given me. And I've had a um, a deacon that comes on my show as a regular now. He, he quotes in the Bible where it's okay. It's the gift. Not go looking for it. If it gives it, God gives it to you, use it. You know, and I do. To help other grieving parents. I don't get paid to do this show. People think I'm making all this big money. Uh-uh. I ain't making nothing. I do this show as volunteer work, okay? Because I know people need a place to come to vent, or instead of paying three hundred dollars to go see a medium they can't afford, they get readings here for nothing to bring their loved ones through. You know, you right. can believe it. And my niece, niece, oh, she, oh, she's off the hook, man. She is so good. She she's amazing me with her gift. I mean, she's more. She's, yep. say, she's your co-host. Oh yeah, she's my co-host. She's my co-host, yeah. and she. Real hard, you know, young girl, paying yep. expenses a lot. She's a teacher, editor. Uh, you know, she's got a lot of things, you know, trying to pay these loans off right now to get to her goal of editing eventually full time. And, um, you know, uh, but she's also an amazing, amazing, uh, not a just intuitive. She does, uh, like you'll see Teresa Caputo on TV, she does the uh, automatic handwriting. She'll start drawing pictures of your family and things and things that nobody would know about even before you come on. You know, we, we sometimes yeah. do reading. Somebody's going, no, no, and it's for the next guest because they're all coming at us at once. You know what I mean? And it's real. You know, you you don't have to believe it. It's not evil spirits. You know, like I said before, I'm not Whoopi Goldberg sitting with a rag on my head, you know, channeling. I don't, I didn't ask for this. I don't, I didn't want it. God gave it yeah, to me. Peggy, did you see yeah. those pictures on Facebook of the, that rainbow when we were on the, um, they called yes, the party bar just the beer pontoons? It was yes. funny outside. Yeah, it's I know. funny. I'm, it's just a little bit of clouds. That's your, that's your kids, man. I'm telling you. And there's butterflies. Out on the middle of the lake, there's a butterfly flying around, uh, like, with the boat. On the boat. Well, you know what? Being that I'm intuitive, both when you see the rainbows and the butterflies, my whole body went chill from head to toe. So yeah, that was that, that. That's what I'm telling me. That yes, mom, I was there. She was yeah. there. All the kids was, were there. Oh, of course they were. And look at that. Look at our moms. You know, they're on pontoon boats. And it's funny, you know, that I when I I've had the gift since I was a kid, but I never really used it. Used it. Some friends know I did whatever here and there, and I, I wasn't sure about myself, you know. Now I've come out, I know I have it, you know. 
But um, like I said, I didn't look for it. It comes to me, you know. And yeah. the more I go to grieving sites, the more I hear of other people. Uh, Lauren, Laura McCross, uh, is it? Oh Lord, she's got amazing things from Bobby coming through, and 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 so many others uh, are. I see this with a lot of us grieving parents, the, like my book, Rainbows, Butterflies, and One Last Hug. We get all these signs, man. They're crazy, but they're awesome. And you know what? I just want to say too. We got about fourteen minutes left. Um, you know, even though I'm an intuitive, I'm still a grieving mom. I hurt. My human side hurts me. I've said this a million times. Yes, I know they're okay, but I still miss them. I, I hear a car go by the house, and it sounds like Mark's race car, and I and it, I start getting flashbacks, and it's kind of like a post-traumatic stress thing. You know, yep, certain what about things, the grocery store? The grocery store, and you see their favorite thing, you know? Oh, my God. You reach to buy it, and you can't. The worst part of, after my son's death, I have to tell the story real quick. I ran to A&P after, uh, you know, I had to go buy food, because we're out. People were bringing stuff prior, and what have you. I go to A&P and my girlfriend was there and she said, I looked at you, she goes, you were, your face was stone cold. She goes, your soul was gone. But you know why? I'm in that grocery store thinking, I got to get Mark this. I got to get Mark that. I got to get this for Mark because that's all I did. Mm-hmm. I did this for, from 1973 to ni- 2011 with two kids with cystic fibrosis. And all of a sudden, it all stopped. And even yeah. worse after Mark because he kept mega alive. I had to keep going for him, and it, it was like it was like cold turkey. It was almost like uh, an addiction. I wouldn't say an addiction. It was a way of life. And I went into A and P, and I'm looking around. I was like, I don't know what to get because everything was all about him. You know, yep. he yep. was he wasn't yep. a cake. He hated sweets, but he liked he liked gummy bears and he liked uh, sour patch, and he always had to have them at the hospital. And that would be the first thing I'd go grab when I was in the store. And I'm like. Uh, I still find myself in Walmart because I do some food shopping there, and I'm going mm-hmm. down the aisles to get his stuff, and I'm like, uh, uh, I don't eat this stuff. Yeah. What, what are you doing, Peg? And not that I'm crazy. It's a, it's a habit. So that's one of the, the hardest things. The things that other people take for granted, um, it was a way of life for us. It was just – it was was the way it was, yep. you know? And it's hard. There's so many things that you wouldn't think about that we go through, just the simplest things like grocery shopping or uh, the kids going back to school. And it's like, uh, well, yeah. uh, no more of this, you know, or my friends, this one's kid getting married. And it's like, well, that ain't happening here. Meg did yep. have two children. Uh, Mark didn't. Uh, oh, that's one other thing I want to bring up about CF. One of the um, one of the other things is the, the with the boys. Ninety nine percent of the males they used to think were sterile, couldn't have children. They can. It's just that thick mucus clogs the sperm. And I found out actually right around the time my son turned fifteen that they could actually have froze his sperm if he wanted it. They could. There was a technique to have natural children. So I just want to let people know that, too. People say, you know, the boys can't have – yeah, they can if you do that. But it has to be done, I think, by the age of 15. Uh, so that's, that's another point I wanted to bring up about CF. The girls, some of them have a harder time getting pregnant. And my daughter, she was a busy little bunny there. <laughs> she uh, got pregnant, no problem. And um, what you going to call it? So, um, you know, these are some of the other aspects of cystic fibrosis that I want people to know about, you know. And uh, it is what it is, you know, and uh, I think it's important, you know, if you want to come on the show, we, yeah, it's about, we do readings, and I have, uh, like I said, I have uh, Josie coming next week, 
uh, October 14th, I have Mark Anthony, the psychic lawyer, coming on. No ABC, NBC. Oh, really? A psychic oh, yeah. lawyer? Yeah, the psychic lawyer. He's coming on my show. And the week <laughs> following that, I have Sandy, I think Sandy, let me get right, give her. She's another big-time person. I have some big-time people coming on the show. Cool. So I'm actually looking forward to it. I will. She's on the 21st, so I'm I'm pretty much booked up uh, through November, except for the 7th of October, which is your daughter's uh, angel and my husband's stepmother's birthday, uh, my synchronicity yeah. thing. Uh, that's open, and I, if I couldn't have gotten through this show tonight, I was going to continue it on that night. I still not sure what I'm going to be doing the seventh yet. We'll see what happens. I'm right now yeah. after this one, a day at a time. The seventh is Wednesday. Oh, it's a Wednesday. What? No, it's yeah. Tuesday. It can't be. No, it's a no, it's Tuesday. Look on the calendar. No, I know it is because I already got the social show. Oh, it is Tuesday. I don't know why I thought it was Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, no, because I already set up the show. But um, whatchamacallit, yeah, we're going to have uh, uh, some famous people on with their books, their authors. And you've heard of the psychic lawyer, Mark Anthony, right? No. He's no? Oh, check into him. He's welcome. I, I post her pictures. He's written many books. and you know, um, I'm not a book reader, Peg. Oh, okay. That's okay. That's cool. Yeah, I read newspapers and watch the um, the news. I'm current event. I'm oh, not, okay. you know. I never was a book reader. I read, but I read uh, Renee's book. Somebody else's. Did I? I think I read yours. I read yours and I put yours on my tablet. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah, like I said, we have some pretty famous people come out. I'll announce them the week before. But I know uh, uh, Mark Anthony and then uh, Josie will be on next week. Uh, like I said, she had cerebral palsy and talk about her challenge. And she's pretty big. She travels all over, you know, on tours and whatnot. Oh, she's so, she a woman or is she younger? Oh, she's a no, she's a woman, married woman, you know. But she has cerebral okay. palsy. Okay. And she's a very positive thinker and into this kind of work and, and writes about heaven and signs that are sent and uh, which is important yeah. to keep us going. And um, you know, I just wanted to. Um, I have somebody else coming on too, and it's like this is terrible. I'm I'm like brain dead at the moment. <laughs> this is awful. Um, oh, here we go. I got her manager. I'll tell CRS, you. CRS. Huh? CRS. Can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. You can say it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 I know. I have another announcement. <clears throat> I'm going to be a guest on somebody's show October 9th. I'm going to be a guest oh. on um, Sandra. 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 Um, yeah, I'm going to be on Sandra's show October 9th, and she's going to be on my show. Um, Sandra uh, Champlain, her name is. She's going to be my guest on the 21st. And her agent contacted me. Um, uh, whatchamacallit? Her con- her, yeah, her agent contacted me uh, about. If I, they asked me to be on their show too, so I will post that show on October ninth, okay? Uh, for October ninth, uh, as their, I will be her guest, okay? So, um, so that's awesome, you know. So we got we're going to get words out about things and you know about what we go through, about the signs, about the illnesses, you know. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, you know, go from there, you know. 
So I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool. So, anyway, let's see what we got left of the show. We have about six minutes left. Again, name the the disease that your daughter had. I can never say it right. Takiyatsu, T-A-K-I-Y-A-T-S-U, Arteritis, Mm -hmm. A-R-T-E-R-I-T-I-S. Mm-hmm. And it's, I really do think it's genetically linked. If anybody out there has children that have the juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, they keep an eye on your children. Um, symptoms, tiredness, not wanting to do anything more than more than usual. You know, with these these kids these days, sit around and just play video games anyway. But my daughter, she just she wasn't herself. She had a, she has high tolerance for pain. So when she told me she didn't feel good. I believed her, you know. Um, right. Yeah. And it it was an aortal arch aneurysm. Mm-hmm. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It's yeah. these diseases. And, you know, <clears throat> the, the, I want to tell you, I knew a couple people growing up that had uh, diagnosed with the uh, arthritis, too, that ended up having mm-hmm. MS. Yeah. It was MS. You know, yeah. because you get weird pains and, and things happening, yeah. and it's crazy. It's you know, it's absolutely crazy, and so many things that are they mimic each other, you know, and uh, they're not not what they seem to be, you know. So, yeah. you know, get on get on um, get on your doctor's cases, man. If you feel something's wrong, you know, go with it. Go with exactly. it. Exactly, because all they only they're only allowed to do. So much they can't even unless they're. I don't even know if they're in their own practice if they have to still go by what the the law says. But they can only do so much. It's not doctors are not what they used to be. They're not even allowed to be compassionate anymore. Oh know? no! Well, that's one of the things I want to say. Two weeks before Mark died, besides you really had it when we were at an office visit. He was in the hospital. I was really sick. I was on the verge of pneumonia. I had to come home. I had no clothes, and I was coughing so hard. I was literally wetting myself coughing. Not to be graphic, but that's how it was. So I had to go home and change. And she calls me at the house. She goes, you know what? She says, hot missing. He says, yeah. She goes, he's dying. Like, like it was like, okay, let's go have lunch. I'm like, what? She goes, he's dying. And, you know, I'm like... So, I mean, okay, yes, he was, but she just, like, there was no, she gave us no more hope, no nothing, and she just made me sick to my stomach by the way she said it, so uncaring, and so, and then, yeah, then you yeah. know, a few minutes after he passed, they they took me into this room to have someone to talk to and what have you, and I really didn't want to see anybody, and she comes in, and she was expecting her first baby, young, and she looks at me and puts her arm on my shoulder, first time of compassion, with a tear in her eye, she goes, can't believe he's really gone, like a human being. It was the first time I ever saw her act like a human being. I oh, like, Peg, you know, she may not have ever, ever had anybody in her life pass away, so she wouldn't know. So if that was, at least she made an effort. Yeah, but she was, you a, know? She was horrible for yeah. pretty much thing. You know, um, she really was at times. I just, uh, it was very upsetting. I mean, the compassion just isn't there like the old home, hometown doctor's. Anymore, you know? No, nobody has. They don't. No, no. No, it's 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 horrible. It's absolutely horrible. So anyhow, like I said, that Sandra Champlain, she'll be on the twenty first. I'm going to be on her show. uh, Mark Anthony, fourteenth, and next week uh, Josie, 
And we'll be doing more stuff on more of these diseases, more about CS, because I think it's important. It's, you know, my show is about the signs. We'll be doing readings still and helping people going through grief or just want to come on and vent because it's important. You just need someone to talk to that understands, and that's what the show yeah, is about. Yeah, I, I appreciate any time that I call, mm-hmm. you know, like randomly or whatever, and you just let me come on anyways. I really appreciate you let, t- letting me tell everybody about Autumn and, well, you know, about all that stuff and about Wings of Hope and, yeah. the, you know, Wings of Hope Michigan. I yeah, I can't promise that sometimes my board is lit up and I don't know who's who. Even tonight I didn't recognize well, the number. I don't remember numbers. When you call, when you call, it says press one if you want to go on. So I didn't press anything, but somehow you realized that I was there. You know, I was just yep. going to be a listener. And I yep. Yeah, I think it's important to talk. It's important to talk and and let others know because that's what we're about. You know, so yeah. Anyhow, I'm surprised, sick or not. I feel a little better. I I think I got a little bit of a temperature because even with MS, you go up a quarter degree, you can feel it and. I'm feeling my belly right now, and I. So I got through it, guys. So I'm gonna go drink some. Uh, actually, I got some fruit juicy Hawaiian punch. I'm sick of lemonade, <laughs> so I'm gonna have some punch. And we got about a minute left. And I, Kathy, um, known to the rest of us in the green group, groups, groups, as <laughs> Aunt Kitty. That's my MS. The words sometimes do not come out. And uh, I thank you for contributing to the show and co-hosting with me tonight. It was a pleasant surprise. Thank you. And let everybody yeah, know. So, well, we're down to a minute. I just want to say God bless everybody. And please go to my site for my Wish Foundation for Cystic Fibrosis. And uh, go to GoFundMe uh, for Brent to get his liver because his parents, he's on the list now. Parents need money to eat and stuff like I talked about in the beginning. And prayers for Chad uh, right now. He's very he's in CC uh, Critical Care Unit. And, of course, for our other girl tonight. Uh, who's who's very ill, uh, who the show was about, and got uh, the message from um, uh, um, the, the music guy. I, that's a Luke Bryan. It, was, it, it made it all over the place, all over the world, I guess, you know. So that, you know, it was about her tonight. That's Kenneth Taylor. So I just want to say God bless. And this is Peggy. MC. We'll see you next Tuesday night. Thanks, Kathy. Talk to you soon. We'll have to do a chit-chat. Okay, you're welcome. So have a good night. Okay. Good night, Hal. God bless. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.